From COK Studios in Terry Gross's garden, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrock. On today's show, we'll consider how the North Pole is coping with the coronavirus pandemic. We'll also consider some festive reading material in our Book Look series with Lynn Ruffle. And we'll consider how much nog is too much nog. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from I Can't Believe It's Not Myrrh, the finest imitation myrrh that you'll find this Christmas. Two out of three wise men can't tell the difference. And Just For Men, the hair dye that won't run down your sweaty cheek during a press conference. We don't know what Rudy Giuliani was using, but it sure wasn't Just For Men. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Cordell Nutbrook. With the arrival of December, it's now clear the winter surge of the pandemic is materializing in many of the ways that the country's top scientists and healthcare leaders feared. This past week, the daily death toll eclipsed even the worst day of the spring, with nearly 2,900 lives lost on Thursday, and hospitals are teetering under the weight of so many critically ill patients. The virus has definitely changed the holidays, with people being encouraged to stay home, not travel, and not gather with friends and loved ones for the typical celebrations. Everyone is feeling the far-reaching effects of the virus, none more so than Santa Claus and the elves at the North Pole. Despite being so isolated, they've had to confront COVID-19 as well. Here is a special report on how the coronavirus swept Santa's workshop. Being in a completely secret location at the top of the world has not meant that Santa and his elves have avoided the coronavirus in 2020. I was patient zero here at the North Pole. It was really embarrassing. Nipsey the elf went on vacation to Italy in February and brought COVID-19 back with her. In hindsight, it was really stupid to go to Italy then, but they have so many great wooden toys and delicious treats that it's an elf's dream. Have you ever tried gelato? Oh man, I was asymptomatic, but given how close we all work together at the workshop, the virus just spread like wildfire as soon as I got back. By April, 74% of the elves had caught the virus and were in quarantine. Thankfully, elves are immortal, so the virus did not kill any of them, but it did keep a majority of the workforce sidelined for months. We were as behind making toys as we've ever been. It was the hardest year in my 436 years of making toys. The gnomes and sprites would come out of their trees and toadstools every night at 7 o'clock and bang pots and cheer for us frontline workers who were trying to make our toy quotas. It was still really hard. Unlike the United States, the North Pole was able to enact strict measures to head the virus off. At my recommendation, Santa implemented mandatory mask wearing in March. We built toys outside on nice days, we socially distanced the elves in the workshop, and we quarantined elves who tested positive for three days. The virus doesn't take as long to show symptoms as elves, thankfully. Fauci the elf is Santa's chief health elf, and thanks to him, the North Pole has been back near peak toy-making efficiency since June. Coronavirus really took its toll on the elves, though. 
even though we've contained the virus, our elves can't work 21, 22 hours a day anymore. They need more rest once they've been sick. So they can only do 18 hours tops. And we need to keep their energy up with lots more candy. How were you able to get things so well managed? Testing. I developed a rapid elf test where we would shove a candy cane up an elf's nose and then stir it in a cup of cocoa. If it turned black, you had the virus. It was a huge deal. Quite. Ho, 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 ho. We acted quickly, and I can't say enough about how we trusted the science. Sure, we're all about magic up here at the North Pole, but that doesn't mean we ignore science. I'm not an idiot like Trump. Santa credits his public elf health team led by Fauci and the strong universal elf care system for the way his elves have rallied after those dark early days in the spring. Oh, Fauci knows his stuff. We're still behind where we usually are because we lost so many elf hours this year, but it won't end up mattering because we aren't delivering nearly as many gifts as usual. Oh, and why is that? I'm not delivering to anyone who doesn't wear a mask. Ho, 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 ho. I told Santa it's too risky, even if he's in and out of their house in under five minutes. No mask, no toys. It may seem harsh, but the naughty list exists for a reason. And there's more naughty kids than ever in 2020. I've pretty much practiced social distancing my whole career. I wait until everyone's asleep and I'm not in anyone's house for very long but I'm not screwing around with any mouth-breathing anti-maskers. And I know who you are because I can see you. Get your own Hatchimals and design a friend dolls. Santa and his sleigh don't play with Rona. Ho, 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 ho! Merry Christmas! I am so grateful for Santa's leadership. Because of him, I just got the vaccine that Fauci developed for the elves. Oh, really? That's exciting. Yeah, it's dewdrops mixed with sugar plums and elf antibodies in an acorn cap. Sadly, it won't work as a vaccine for humans. Unlike in the U.S. and other countries, the North Pole is a shining example of what can happen when strict measures are taken to contain the virus. It won't matter if you believe in Santa this year. The only way to get your presence is to believe in science. For COK News, I'm Cordell Nuprock. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Why? Santa Claus is coming to town. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to holiday reading. Our very own librarian and book expert, Lynn Ruffel, is back for a special festive edition of Book Look. Good to see you, Lynn. Happy to be here, Connor. Now, have you been getting a lot of writing done during the pandemic? Oh, indeed I have. But let's not talk about my writing. Let's spend this time talking about some great holiday books. I will say that I'm going to be the keynote speaker at the International Vampire Sci-Fi Erotica Book Convention and Expo in January. It's virtual, of course, but I'm still very excited. That is exciting. What will you be talking about? Oh, I'd rather not go into it. I'm not here in that capacity. No, Lynn, it's fine. Oh, I really don't like promoting myself like this, Connor. Okay, never mind then. Well, since you insist, I'll tell you. I don't think I really insisted. Shh. I'll be speaking on the importance of realistic female heroines in vampire books like the ones in my Red Sunset Saga, for instance. 
Yes, I've always said that if your books have one thing, it's realism. Oh, thank you, Connor. I strived for realistic characters and tone in my latest book, The Dark Centaur's Codpiece. In it, Jasmine and Rodney escape the werewolf's mountain lair in a flying car that has been bewitched by a sexually aggressive tribe of swarthy, chiseled centaurs. Like I said, very realistic. So what holiday books are you sharing with us today? Oh, there are so many fantastic books that I'd love to share, but alas, we only have three minutes. And we've already used one. Oh, darn. Okay, for the mystery lovers out there, check out Her Cole Poirot's Christmas. This is a great one by an author I've just become aware of, Agatha Christie. It's Hercule Poirot, and you just became aware of Agatha Christie. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, she's great. I wonder if she wrote any more books besides this holiday mystery. Yeah, just a few. Oh, that's neat. I also highly recommend Skipping Christmas by John Grisham, Christmas in London by Anita Hughes, and The Nutcracker. I know that these are some well-known titles, but there's nothing like curling up with one of these classics in front of a fire. Besides, what else is anyone doing? There's literally nowhere to go and nobody to see this year. So revisit some of your favorites. I know that I'll be spending Christmas with my favorite holiday books. 47 of them are stacked up next to my favorite chair, just waiting for me. First up, the novelization of Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. That's nice, Lynn. Now, what about books for holidays other than Christmas? Oh, don't worry. I haven't forgotten about books celebrating Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, Connor. There are some very fun books for our Jewish friends, like Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins, Meet the Latkes, and Schmelf, the Hanukkah Elf. I have read them all with my friend Rachel and her kids, and they are really great. Solid A-pluses all around. That's great, Lynn. But what about Hanukkah or Kwanzaa books for older readers? Say teens and up. Oh, I hear what you're saying, Connor. There's a ton of Hanukkah books for kids, but not for young adults and adults. That's why I took it upon myself to hurry and self-publish a Hanukkah adventure that will appeal to an older audience. It takes the spirit of the Hanukkah story and updates it for a modern audience. Okay, let me ask, does it have vampires? Oh, no, not this time. I wanted to branch out a bit. This one has ghosts. I call it Hanukkah Haunting, an erotic eight-day holiday ghost story. Each day gets steamier, as an attractive Jewish ghost named Moisha and his girlfriend have to make one day's worth of their magic sensual massage oil last all eight nights of Hanukkah. Wow, that is definitely a modern take on the Hanukkah story. <laughs> it felt good to give up vampires for a while and focus on sexy ghosts for a change. I bet. You can download a copy of the book at rufflebookworks.com. And if you do it before Hanukkah is over, I'll send you a replica bottle of Moisha's latka-scented massage oil. Ooh, that sounds nice. You seem to really be getting in the holiday spirit, Lynn. Thanks for stopping by. You're welcome. That was Book Love with Lynn Ruffle. Celebration around the feast we gather in complete jubilation. Many other reasons for good cheer. Now that the season of nights is here. Many other reasons for good cheer. It's time for this week's Big Little Wins, presented by our intern, Ryan. Take it away, Ryan. 
Thanks, Mr. Nutbrock. Our first win comes from Dana Houston in Seattle. Dana told her kids that their elf on the shelf bingo died of COVID, so she doesn't have to do it anymore. Sure, the kids cried for an hour, but that is still a jolly big little win. That's pretty dark. It's 2020. What do you expect? Kudos also to Will Meeks in Cleveland, who is finally able to convince his mother that it isn't a good idea for him to come home for Christmas. She's been guilting you since September, but you finally stood up to her and said you won't be coming home this year. Even though it's because her new boyfriend Sergio was a nudist and not because of coronavirus, doesn't take anything away from this large, small victory. Share your wins with us on Facebook or Twitter, and Ryan will read them on air. I sure will. That's all for this episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit considerourknowledge.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Consider Our Know. To subscribe to the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. The COK team includes Emily Clausen, Natalie Thorpe, Marianne Wetzel, Jeremiah Knight, Hobart Willis, and Spencer Cannon. Our intern is Ryan Shattuck. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. Fauci the Elf is Santa's chief health elf, and thanks to him, the North Pole has beaten back nearly... Blah, 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 blah.